Welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturges, Mississippi. It is our goal to take the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you not only enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we hope and pray that it changes your heart and moves all of us to life change and action. God bless and enjoy. things that are happening, dear Lord, and just fix our eyes on you, uh, because we know that you are the one true uh, good thing that we have, and we always can count on. So, dear Lord, I just pray as I, uh, as I deliver this message that you've given me, dear Lord, that you would just use me just as, as an instrument today, dear Lord, just to help uh, convey whatever it is you want uh, the people of this church to hear. Dear Lord, I just pray that I would do it in a way that they could understand, in a way that they could hear. Uh, and dear Lord, I just pray that uh, at the end of this message, that uh, if I've done nothing else, I, that I've glorified you in your name. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So uh, I know you guys already realized this, but yesterday was January 1st. Um, so with January 1st, uh, we begin the new year of 2022. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but to most people, resolutions, New Year's resolutions is a big thing. Uh, and people, you know, some people take it really serious and they have a list. Uh, if you're like me, you just have a few that you try to strive for uh, kind of deal. But I want to tell you guys the definition of rev- resolution. And it's a firm decision to do something or the quality of being determined. Um, So like I said, I have a few that I always try to shoot for, but um, I want us to think today, uh, just in the beginning of this sermon, I want us to think about why we make these resolutions. Uh, Now, I'm not not asking this because I'm not saying, you know, why do we do it because we're done by February. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not saying it, uh, why are we doing it, because uh, some of us make make these resolutions just to say we did, 
I'm not saying that because that's definitely what I do. Um, uh, my wife puts a lot of pressure on me, and she wants a list, and so I just write stuff down. I'm just kidding. She doesn't do that. She really does. Um, but I'm, I'm wanting us to think about why we make these resolutions because I want us to think uh, why we feel like we need to make these grand resolutions in the first place, right? Because a lot of times there are things that we know we're not going to do or something like that, and I believe most of the time we make them because we want to do the opposite of what we did during the last year. So 2021 in this case, just to help you think about it. Um, and I believe that we make them because we believe we failed in some areas last year. Uh, so whether it's uh, to lose weight, to exercise more, to save more money, to get organized, to spend more time with family, to travel more or to read more, all of these resolutions are made because we feel like uh, we've done something in the past year that wasn't good enough, or we did the exact opposite. Um, and I believe um, we spend a lot of time just looking at our, at our past in general. Um, you know, I, I, I do that. I look at the things that I've done in my past all the time. Uh, but it's not that we just look at the past. A lot of times when we look at the past, we dwell on all the things we've done wrong or the bad decisions that we've made. Um, of course, we have those few memories that we, we think about, uh, and Facebook always helps us with that. But those memories that we look at and we see some of the good things, but uh, if you're like me, you look back at the past year and you're like, well, I messed up here, I shouldn't have said this, I shouldn't have done that. And I really, I just dwell on those things. So I don't know if it's just me or if that's you guys too. Um, but I am really hard on myself. And uh, one thing that God has blessed me with, thank you, um, is that I can remember when I do wrong things to people. Um, especially like when I see them. Maybe it's somebody I grew up with, or maybe it's somebody I went to school with, or that one semester I went to college, maybe it was somebody from that, right? But uh, I remember these things. I remember uh, the bad thing I said to somebody or, or a certain way I treated them. So uh, just for example, to help you guys kind of think of something that relates to you, um, every temptation uh, that you ran to, every temptation, I mean, every time... I disrespected my mother or any other adult. Uh, every time I hurt someone with my words, every time I lied to someone, every time I broke someone's trust, every time I treated someone as if they were beneath me, and there's so much more uh, that I've done. I can make you, Stan, I can make you a list if you want. I'll make you a list. Um, but I remember these things, and I remember the shame that I felt uh, when, I, when they were happening in the moment, or after I did it, or after I said a certain thing. So, um, for today, for illustration purposes, I just want us to think of, of these things, these bad things that we've done or, or sins that we've uh, committed as scars on our heart. Okay, so can we do that just for today? Scars on our heart. So what is a scar? Well, a scar is what's left on your skin from an injury of some kind, a cut, a scrape, or a burn. Now, guys are like, oh, I know what a scar is, right? We show our scars all the time. We're like, dude, check this out. I just cut my hand open. And we like scars. Women are kind of different. They're like, you know, I don't want to mess up my skin and all that stuff. So scars are left uh, from a time, y'all like that voice, didn't you? From a time you were hurt and most likely in some sort of, or if not a lot of pain, right? So uh, as for scars on the hearts, though, today I want us to think about scars on the hearts as sins. And a lot of times when we're talking about a scar on the heart or a sin, the devil wants, to, wants us to think that time's going to heal a wound. Time can heal anything, right? 
Uh, but in actuality, that's not the truth. Time is not going to heal sin. The bad things that you've done in your life, the mistakes that you made, time can't heal that. Because they're still going to be present on your heart. They're still going to hurt you when you think back on them. And they're still going to affect your day-to-day life. And the reality is, we all at some point have carried around a heart full of sin, a heart full of scars. And we know that, uh, we look at Scripture and we can see it in Scripture. In Romans 3.23 it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we all start at the same place. We all start as sinners. And uh, we, know, um, we know that from God's Word. And uh, today I want to, uh, for this uh, sermon, God Changes Hearts, I want us to specifically look at one man and his life. Uh, now this man we're about to read about, uh, and you can go ahead and turn to Acts 7, this man we're about to read about, uh, he was a really bad guy. And he certainly had a heart uh, full of sin and scars. And after uh, some decisions that he made against Christians, he uh, definitely had some uh, scars on his heart. So we're going to look at uh, seven, uh, chapter 7, Acts chapter 7, verse 54, and we're going to read about a man named Stephen. Um, so we'll, we'll go there right now. It says, when the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord Do not hold this sin against them. When he said this, he fell asleep. And Saul approved of their healing. So Saul is the one I want you to look at. But let's talk about Stephen for a second. Stephen was a Christian. He was a follower of Christ. And Luke actually describes him in Acts 6 as a man full of God's grace and power. And he talks about all these great miracles that he did in Christ's name. So Stephen was a great man of God. And right here in these verses, we read that they laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul, and that Saul approved of their killing of their killing of him. So Paul, I mean, so Saul approved of them killing Stephen, and we know that he's a great man of God. So <clears throat> Saul approved of this, and and I imagine that left a pretty big scar on his heart to approve of a man of God being killed. And watching that right at his feet. And, you know, they say they laid the coats at his feet, but it was almost like he was like, here, let me hold your coat while you stone this great man of God. And after that, a great persecution broke out against the church. And Scripture then says that Saul began to destroy the church, placing men and William women in prison. So this Saul guy, he was a bad apple, right? He was a bad guy. If you were a Christian... He definitely wasn't a friend of you, right? And we know that him being that way and being opposite of Christians meant that he was committing sins. Uh, He approved of Christians being killed, imprisoned, lied about, and hurt. And he led the persecution, the first persecution against Christians. Saul acquired a strong reputation uh, as being Saul the persecutor. 
But here's my main point that I want everyone to hear and see today. We all can relate to Paul. We all have been down the road of sin before. We have all caused someone pain and hurt. And maybe you say, well, I've never persecuted anyone. But let's look at what persecution actually means. It means to be hostile or ill treatment, especially because of their race, political, or religious beliefs. So, have you ever persecuted anyone? Because they're different than you? I know I have. I've persecuted somebody because they're different than me. Have you ever been hostile towards someone for no reason at all? I have. I've done that. So here's my next point. If we all know that we start in the same place, we start as sinners, we start uh, as these people who don't treat people the way we're supposed to and we're hostile towards them and we persecute them, what's the solution to all these things? How do we heal the scars that we have on our heart? Who could take someone like me? And I know if, if, you're, if you're lost, if you're an unbeliever, if you don't know Christ yet, this is something that you are thinking all of the time. But who could take someone like me or someone like Saul and change their heart? And we all have asked ourselves that. I, I know I have a million times. Who could take somebody like me? And the answer is God. And only God, only God can take somebody like Saul, somebody that is persecuting Christians, somebody that is approving of somebody as great as Stephen in God's kingdom being stoned at his feet and watching it and then saying, I approve of that. Uh, Regardless of my religious belief, I couldn't watch that happen to anybody and be okay with it. But Saul was. Saul was okay with that. So the only person, the only solution, the only cure to that is God. God is the only one who can cure our heart and can heal those scars. So the first thing I want you to see, and we're going to begin reading in chapter 9 if y'all want to uh, turn over to that. But uh, the first thing I want you to see from uh, chapter 9 is that God, God intervened in Saul's life. So we're going to read about that real quick. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as, a, as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. All right, so God intervened in Saul's life. And Jesus met him right where he was on a simple dirt road. He met a man that had been persecuting Christians. He had met a man that had been persecuting him and his name. Anybody that claimed to be affiliated with Jesus was, un- was under Saul's persecution. He was going after Jesus directly. Anybody who said his name. So w- the first thing I want you to see through this is that God will meet you right where you are. He will meet you right where you are. And so many of us don't want to come lay our life down and accept salvation in Jesus because we feel like we're too dirty. 
We feel like that dirt road that we're on is too dirty for God. We say, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how many scars I have. You don't know how many people I've persecuted. The things that I've said, the things that I've done. You don't know that. And we won't answer his call because we say we're too broken. We say, who could fix me, right? We say that to ourselves all the time. And we won't come to church because uh, we're ashamed of what we've done in our life. That stops so many people from walking in these doors. And I, I see it all the time. Invite somebody to church. Invite somebody uh, to come to something that we're having for the kids. And it's almost like they don't feel like they can walk through the doors. But I, I want to tell, if you're listening out there today or if you're in here today, I want to tell you that's not true. This is where you need to be. This is where God wants you to be. We want you to come to church because God, God is not ashamed of you. God loves you. He's waiting on you. God wants you to see today that through the life of Saul, we look at this life, and, and, and boy, we picked a good one, right? If we look at the life of Saul, God will meet you right where you are. If God will come to Saul, a man who is persecuting Christians on a dirty road to Damascus, he's going to come to you. He's going to meet you. He loves you. He's right there waiting on you. The amount of scars that you have on your heart does not affect God's decision to send Jesus to die for you. It doesn't. The amount of brokenness that you feel or shame that you feel or, or hurt that you've done to somebody else, that doesn't change it. He still does it, right? He still did it. He still sent Jesus to die for you. He's not waiting for us to fix ourselves. He's not waiting for you to fix yourself or clean yourself up or for your scars to heal over time because that doesn't work. He's not waiting for you to do it on your own. He's waiting for you to listen to his call and saying, let me do it. Let me heal you. Let me fix you. Let me change your heart. That's what God's there for. And it's not just for me. He didn't just do it for me. He didn't just do it for Saul. He did it for all of us. He did it for everyone. And he's waiting to hear you say those words. He's waiting for you to say that you accept and you believe in the salvation that only Christ can bring. And, and the only person who can save us from our sins. So in Romans 3.24, turn over to that real quick. <clears throat> Romans 3.24, it says, it says, I'm going to read Romans 3.23 again just so we can see this as a whole. But it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace. Through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. So, it says that you are freely justified. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if I walk into a convenience store and uh, Mr. Vic down here tells me that I can have something for free, I'm going to take it. If he gives me a free candy bar, I'm going to take that, right? But it's free. You're not walking in and taking something that you're not allowed to take. You're not walking in and taking something that isn't for you. This is for you. It says, it says that you are justified freely by His grace. Aren't you ready to be justified? Aren't you ready for that free justification? And God is the only one who can do that. God is the only one who can heal the scars on your heart. So I hope you can see uh, as we read the rest of Saul's story of salvation, I hope you can see that. And, uh, and also, I want, uh, of course, all my messages are for, for Christians and non-believers alike, but I want all of my brothers and sisters in Christ in here to pay attention to our role 
in all of this? Because I know this first part's been kind of towards the loss, but I want y'all to pay attention to our role in this. I want y'all to look in uh, Acts verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 10. <clears throat> it says, In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas, Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who, are, who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much, uh, be, how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then the scripture says, Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his health. So God uses a Christian, Ananias, to help complete the transformation of Saul's heart. God wants you to see that he has put Christians in your life, all the lost people listening right now. God wants you to see that he has put Christians in your life to help lead you straight to him. He's given you godly people that want to see you be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as I look out today, I see so many godly people that fit this mold. I see y'all all the time doing this and reaching out to people and trying to introduce them to salvation and introduce them to Christ and telling them about how they can have a personal relationship with Christ. So we're here to help you see how much God loves you. That's what we're here for. We're not here to judge you. We're not here to condemn you. We're not here to kick you out of our church. We're here to show you how much God loves you. We're here to tell you that Jesus died for you on a cross. He paid the penalty of death that you were owed for your sins. He did that for you. And we're here to lead you after you accept salvation into a righteous life that is pleasing to God. So Christians in here today, brothers and sisters in Christ, listen closely to your role in all of this. God needs us to be like Ananias. He needs us to stand firm and commit to being better at these things. At first, Ananias, if you can see in the scripture, he starts telling God about all these things that Saul had done. And a lot of times we get caught up in that. We look at somebody's life and we say, yeah, but, I mean, look at everything they've done. Look at where they come from. Look, look at their family. Look, you know, all these things that they've done. But God reminds him of his power. God reminds him of his plan. And Ananias is, he is, um, he is resolute in going out and doing this for God. So he stands firm, and that's what we must do, and he commits to being better at these things. His first reaction isn't good, but his second one is great. So I hope this is a resolution that you will make this year. To be a Christian that will tell others the gospel. To lead them to salvation in Christ and disciple them until they are mature enough in their faith to begin discipling others. This is what we're supposed to do. This is our role in this. And we can look right at, God's, at, at the Holy Word and we can see that. So as I, as I begin to close, I want us to see in Acts 9.26. I want us to read that real quick. 
It says, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he, was really, that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So it says that Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. So right here we see God using another Christian to stand up for Paul, to say, look, I know what he did too. But you haven't seen what he's been doing. You haven't seen how he's been speaking fearlessly in the name of the Lord. This is not the same man, right? That's not the same man that you saw. There's been a change. There's been a change in his heart. There's been a transformation. He was that guy, yes, but he's not anymore because God is great. Because God loved him and God changed his heart. So the last thing I want you to see is we must do, we must do everything we can to help our fellow newcomers in Christ. It, we have to uh, show, uh, defend the change that God has caused in their heart. We have to be that person like Barnabas in their life to say, no, 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 this guy, this guy Jeremy Brown, he's not the same guy. He's different. He knows Christ. I've seen it. I heard him. I prayed with him, right? I've seen him at church. I've seen how he talks about Scripture. I know he's reading Scripture. So in Scripture today, we've read... And, and these are some of the things I want you to see, that God changed Saul's heart. No one else. God. God changed Saul's heart, and he can change your heart too. God can do it, but only God. And God used a mature Christian to complete his plan for Paul. So we have a role in this, right? Yes, God does it, but we have a role in this. We are his hands and feet. We are the people that have to go out and do these things for God and tell others about them. We have to play our role in this. And now I want you to see that God used another Christian to allow others to see this change. And guys, that's sometimes what we have to do. A lot of times we try to fall into, you know, gossip and, and talking about somebody or pointing out somebody's flaws or what they're doing. We can't do that. We have to be a mature Christian that when they do get saved, and, and it's rocky at first when you're trying to figure out how to live your life as a Christian, we have to be that mature Christian to take them and say, look, I'm going to show you what you're supposed to be doing. I'm going to show you how to leave all of this behind because you're new. You're not that same person. You're not Saul on the road to Damascus. You're, you're Paul. You're somebody that God has changed the heart of. And you have to help them with that because it is, it, it's a hard road at first to leave all of that behind. So that's where we come in and that's how we teach them to be a disciple. So uh, the example God wants us, uh, others to see from Christians is this. God wants us to operate like this as his church. This is our role. This is how God changes the hearts of believers. We have to all do our part. We have to all be a church that does these things, that steps up, that doesn't just say, you know, well, you know, they'll figure it out on their own. They'll, they'll see who Jesus is. You know, our doors are always open. They can come in anytime. We can't do that. We can't assume that those things are going ha to happen on their own. We have to go out and we have to do those things and we have to speak for God. We have to tell others about Jesus and we have to uh, pray with them and we have to be okay with their past life and not worry about it because we know somebody who can change everything. We know somebody who can take the dirtiest person, the most broken person, a person that came from a life that uh, you say can't, they can't come back from. Because guys, I'm telling you, it can't get much worse than Saul, right? 
It can't get much worse than Saul. But God can change their heart. And we have to believe that. We have to know that. We have to go out and live that way every day of our life. We have to go out as Christians and we have to be the Ananias and the Barnabas. That's what we have to do. So today as I finish up this message, I promise, Stan, I'm almost done. When I, as I finish up this message, I want to leave all of my brothers, sister, brothers and sisters in Christ with a challenge. And I've already said it, but I'm going to say it again for those in the back. Be someone's Ananias. Be that person that God uses to lead someone to a personal relationship with Christ. Be someone's Barnabas. Tell others of their change of heart. Defend the redemptive power of salvation in Christ. Because as Christians, we must live our life to fulfill the will of God. We must be His hands and feet. So I challenge everyone in here today that is a Christian to commit to all of these things, not just for this year, not just for 2022. No, this is a lifelong resolution. You can't give up on this by February. You can't do it. You can't say that you're going to do it just to say that you did to make your wife happy. You can't do that, right? This is, this is a lifelong commitment that I'm asking you to make, a lifelong challenge that I'm wanting you to make until God calls you to your eternal home, and I hope that you will. And I want to ask a question today for anyone that's here with us, that's online, that doesn't know Christ as their personal Savior. I want to leave you with a question. Will you allow God, the only person who can, the only person who can, to change your heart before it's too late? So you've heard today that He loves you even though you're a sinner. And I want you to hear that because a lot of times we hear that in church and you're like, yeah, I know, He loves me, I'm a sinner, I know that. But I want you to really know what that means. That means that God loves you no matter what you've done. If you think back on all those things, if you're like me and you're hard on yourself and you think back on your past on all the mistakes that you've made, none of that defeats the love of God. None of that defeats what Christ did on the cross. Christ died on the cross for your sins once and for all. He defeated death and sin and he rose from the grave and he is right there waiting on you to meet you on whatever dirt road you're on. And finally, you've heard that you have a family of believers that are right here in this church and so many other churches that are waiting to help you find salvation in Christ. To not only help you find it, but to guide you to be a disciple of Christ. And then you have people right here in this church, and I know so many of y'all in this church that are waiting to defend the change of heart that you've had to all people, that are ready to defend your new life in Christ. So I know it's scary. I know it is. When you're making a big decision like this and you're handing your life over to Christ, I know it's a hard decision, but I want you to see that you have a family right here that just... I mean, I know you always said yes. That just accepted a challenge for the rest of their life to do these things for you. So it's not just you. You have everybody here waiting to defend you. So after hearing all these things, what's stopping you from giving your life to Christ today? I hope nothing. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for your love. I thank you so much that you can change someone's heart like me. That you can change somebody's heart like Saul. Two people that have made so many mistakes, that have said so many things to, to hurt people, that have, 
looked down on people, that have persecuted people, that have been hostile towards people. Dear Lord, you can take the dirtiest person. You can take the most broken person. You can take uh, somebody who has no hope, dear Lord, and you can change their entire life. And dear Lord, I, there's nothing else that compares, dear Lord. There's no one else that can do this change. There's no one else that can make you feel new but you. So dear Lord, I pray today that if there's anybody here today there's anybody here today that's caught up looking in their past and seeing all the mistakes that they made and saying, no one can change me. No one can heal me. I pray that they've heard today that you can. I pray that they heard today that you love them and you care about them enough that you sent your son to die on a cross like he was nothing for them. So dear Lord, I pray that they would come today and they would accept you as their Savior. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining the Friendship Family today. Your time is your most valuable commodity, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share some of it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page. Both links can be found in the show notes below. Although we would greatly appreciate you leaving this podcast a rating or review, we would be eternally grateful if you would be willing to share it with someone else. We pray you have a God-filled day, and please remember, love God, love people, and reach the world.